Cool, guys, how are we doing? Hope you are good. So um, we have my third, but most definitely not least, um, uh, guest who is coming to speak with us. Um, so um, this guy has been in our world for must be a couple of years almost now, has an inc- like, unbelievable story of defiance and resilience and everything that you could possibly want from a human being. Um, and one of the things I remember most about this guy is when he first came to my seminar, we were talking about how important life was, how important um, it was to show up. And it was snowing on the first, I think, I think it was snowing. And yeah. he showed up topless, having run 5K, I think still had cancer at the time. I th- yeah. uh, from what I can remember and it just had this beaming smile in the crowd like everyone was like so seriously just smiling going life is different for me so I'd like to welcome Marcus how are you I'm good thank you really really good really loving life uh loving being outside in this fresh air not cold enough that's the problem so we need snow <laughs> and everything else so, so, yeah. oh man you're a different like a different breed now so let's introduce people to you um so just in it, just in it, just if you, if I give you a 60 minute to introduce, 60 minutes, 60 second to introduce yourself, just who you are um, and what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I was uh, a builder, a uh, local builder around here, and I was going through life, uh, not really getting anywhere um, and just plodding along, really. And uh, I was a bit of a bit of a half glass uh full uh empty rather than full type person you know and uh and then i had some pains and everything else and i went to the doctors and um then i was diagnosed with uh stage four advanced incurable cancer which came right out of the blue uh so that's when i knew that i had to change something uh in my life uh because i was only given uh three months to live i had suspected pancreatic cancer was secondary on the liver there was no hope no chance for any operations or or anything else so i literally me and my wife and my little boy who was four at the time we had to go home and try and work out what we were going to do uh yeah. to go forward from there and um yeah and then so we decided that we were actually going to fight and do something about it and that's Good. when i that's when i met you james and um <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I jumped on one of your seminars and um, on your 28-day uh, challenge and yeah. mastermind course. And my life has just got better and better and better every single day. Yeah, right. you're flying, aren't you? So incredible story. Um, we're going to just really touch the surfaces of it, I think, because we want to save the story for the day. Yeah. Um, so before all of this happened... Um, what was life like? Was it hectic? Was it busy? Like what you, based on what you know now, do you see like, and we spoke about with Nigel. So Nigel died for 29 minutes. And, you know, we just interviewed Nigel and he was very much like fast, furious pace type of guy consumed in life in the rat race. Were you the same? Exactly the same. I was too stressed, overworked, needed to make money for my family uh, rather than, making time for my family and money come second it was always a i need to get this done and like the stress levels and being a builder not a very good time for diet uh always down the calf in the bakers and and things like that so, oh. yeah so was your lifestyle quite um 
Uh, were you trained like I'm, what you do now is incredible but like was the training going on back then was the structure was the routine was the was the diet always bad because obviously you were like on like builders just like don't have time just gotta nip in mcdonald's fast food yeah 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 always fast food always like um no vegetables no time for that that's just wussy type stuff you know why would you want to eat that never Never time for mindfulness. That was always too like woo woo hippie type stuff for me. Yeah. Sort of. yeah. It was always a, a man's man being on the building site. Sort of you got to show up or, 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 or get lost type thing. So yeah. it was a very stressful sort of time and not enough time for the family and everything else. So. Yeah, I can imagine it must be stressful. Did you, were you training like you are like, cause I know like now you're a different breed, but back then was, there any element of that life running gym adventures no, probably used to run uh twice twice uh, every two weeks sort of thing uh okay. and um, maybe go down the gym when a friend had a pass i'd go along yeah. to the gym with him sort of thing but i always thought my my job kept me reasonably fit sort of thing yeah. so okay. yeah i never never pushed out to go uh, beyond that so, uh, and realise what my capability was. So uh, that's a good point there. And that's what I want to bring on to. So your potential, did you feel that there was potential and did you think about like, I want to do this or I want to do that? Or was it just not in your DNA at that time? Or was it, or, or did life just literally handcuff you to your lifestyle that we've just spoken about? And you went, nah, no, I'm never going to get around to it. Yeah, I always felt as though I was uh, destined for something bigger uh, and um, should have pushed harder before that. But it wasn't until I got diagnosed and told that you only got three months to live that you think, shit, I haven't done everything I needed to do. And that was my wake-up call. Uh, And I just wish I had been in a situation or spoke to someone like me before that and said, look, mate, this is how your our life could be if you change yeah. it now, yeah, uh, yeah. rather than just going through the rat race, firefighting every day, trying to pay bills. And it was just, yeah. Whereas if I had just stepped back and said, right, okay, let's put some structure in place. Let's change the mindset. Let's do this. Let's do that. Yeah. You know, my life, I probably wouldn't even got cancer. But it took that wake up call, a smash in the face, and yeah. saying, "Look, mate, you've only got a few weeks to live. What are you going to do about it?" So, That's mental, know. isn't it? It's like, and, and I often talk about this quite a lot. And I always think about you in that when I talk about that beaming face. What we've just discussed there was what I was talking to all of the guys. Like, why do we wait for something like till we're told that we've got three months to live that our wife leaves us till like we're made redundant? And there's different levels of trauma there, obviously, but like. Why do we always wait for worst case scenario, which is exactly what I was talking to Nigel about. Why does he have to wait to he dies for 29 minutes before he realizes there's a life to live? Do you know what I mean? And the potential is huge for what we want. Right. And the potential is is huge. So we obviously don't put too many spoilers in. But like, can you let us know? Very, very sort of lightly. How did it feel when you were told that you had three months to live? Uh, it was the most scariest point when I, when me and my wife went into the oncology office uh, and we walked in and there were six other people in there. There was the oncologist, the oncologist specialist, the oncologist secretary, and then three other nurses. And we were like, 
oh my god we've got our own entourage this is a not good place to be were you optimistic when you went in there did you did you feel like you were going to be all right or were you like or were you just like sweating like nervous as fuck anxious as hell yeah, yeah, I was so anxious and obviously I have my wife sitting next to me. I remember the oncologist saying that it's stage four advanced incurable and my wife goes, well, what does stage four mean? And no one else answered in the room. And I turned to my wife and looked in her eyes and I said, there isn't a stage five. And just having that realisation that, you know, I might not come back from that. So yeah. I, it was horrendous so it took a took a took a little while to process did did it hit you did you like when you walked out of the room did you go oh my god i mean do you know i give you it's a completely contrasting example when i listen to the radio you're down where i live and you hear the heart fm and they win fifty thousand pounds like just instantly like that and they'll go how do you feel and they're like i don't feel like it would hit you they go oh yeah it's, it's amazing but like how can that possibly absorb in in a few seconds so does that absorb to you right away or does you can you not process it or was it a couple of weeks before it just like hit you 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 can't process something that information that deep literally you walk out of there and you're like nah they're not talking about me must be someone else maybe it is me maybe it's not i don't know was that me hannah you know so and then that conversation start to wake up every day thinking Oh my God, I could be in a coffin in, in, in a few weeks time. I, do I, do I need to plan this? Do I need to like sign everything I own over to my wife and, and things like that? And that's yeah. when it starts to realize. And that's when you think, Oh my God, I need to do something about this. Oh. I just, yeah, I think that's what I would come to because I've, because I've known you. So I've obviously always subconsciously when I do my reflection, I've all, I always, you're someone I always think about at that. And I always think to myself, I wonder how I would react to it. And I wonder if it if it's the mornings when you wake up and you go, it, it, I think it, the mornings would be the worst when you wake up. And I think you almost can't believe that it's real. Like, do you know what I mean? You can't like, and that's what I end up processing. You know, I th- one of my, one of my, um, one of my really good friends, she was a client of mine when I did the body shop, when I did the, fit, the fitness boot camp. And I remember when she died, and I think she died, I think it was 2017 now. It was April 2017, and she was only 34. She was so fit and healthy. She was an amazing woman. And I remember when she got it, I almost, I think I almost got PTSD from constantly thinking that I had cancer. Like, I went through a stressful period of my life, and I was constantly, if there was a pain, I'd be phoning a doctor. If there was, like, blood in my, I was checking my store. I was, like, I was obsessive. Um, and it becomes exhausting worrying about it so much so that you go, listen, just there's nothing you can do. But stop wasting your life worrying about it. And I think, do you think there's like, do you, do you meet lots of people who are like like what I was constantly worrying about it once they're in and around you? Maybe once the subject of cancer is brought up, you're like, oh god, I just want to pretend it doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a friend who uh, uh, he was just recently diagnosed with gout, uh, not gout, um, uh, the stomach where you can't uh, digest milk and everything else. Uh, and um, Crohn's, Crohn's disease. Yeah. So he had stomach pains and he was like, oh, my God, I've got I've definitely got cancer. I've definitely got cancer. It's like, well, you know, if you're that worried go get tested, go get things yeah. done and everything else. And now he's, he's, uh, Crohn's disease is underbalanced because he's 
he's all balanced now because he's changed his mindset, yeah. changed his diet, uh, and yeah. everything. You know, literally, we're running hundreds of thousands of miles now, and yeah, it's just a case of because I was going for that situation. As soon as he had a pain in his stomach, he was like. And I was like, well, what did you eat yesterday? He goes, oh, I had milk and bread and toast and this. And I was like, yeah. well, maybe you're just not, you're just intolerant to wheat or something like that. Go get checked out. Oh, I'm too yeah. scared. And that's the other thing. Everyone's so yeah. scared to go and get like tested and tested. things like that. 100%. 100%. Like, I think you would be the first person I would go to. <laughs> so many Um, people have said to me now like if i get cancer if i have any worries i'm coming to live at yours 100 yeah 100 do a boot camp are you are you willing to be brutally put through what i put myself through that's yeah 100 so you're gonna go through all of that at the seminar which i'm really looking forward to listening to you know the coat like i think the story post-covid is incredible you know, I got to be a part of that, which I'm like super, super amazing to be a part of that. But, you know, that's only You're a one of the solutions of it. <laughs> yeah, just very small parts of it. But, you the, the, you know, 99% of that is 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 and is is the way that you conducted yourself and changed your life and refused to give in. And <laughs> I often read quite a lot about cancer patients when they're told they've got three months to live. Actually, they give up mentally. They just they just give up. And that is the demise of them them going whereas you were like uh, uh-uh, that's no. not happening let's yeah. let i'm i'm going out I'll, always in the fight is like is, is the saying that i kind of think yeah. is the saying like, right? okay i'll accept the challenge like yeah <laughs> almost like what i mean yeah. what have you got to lose do you know yeah. what i mean i'm gonna so, die anyway so i might as well, <laughs> <laughs> might as well just go, might as well go all in on me so yeah. we're gonna save the story for the seminar of, yep. of all of the all of the mindsets and the strategies and the tactics you come out with um but like today what sort of things are you doing today now so you are cancer free right now aren't you yeah yeah and how yeah. often are you getting tested for so was it pancreatic cancer uh they still believe it was that um because they found the pancreatic stem cells within the tumors of the of the liver so yeah you know, they, they still suspect they're still not 100% sure, but everything points towards that that okay. sort of thing. So they did say about bile duct um, cancer because that was also found in there, but that could have been like where it ended up because obviously everything's flushed through your bile ducts and your liver. Uh, yeah. Your liver pumps like one litre of filter, one litre of blood per minute, something like that sort of thing. Wow. So, there's a lot of lot of shit going through there, I think. <laughs> wow, wow! So, so yeah, you, every six months now. Uh, so si- so every six months you go back, um, yeah. and like now you're just give us an idea of some of the things you're doing. So I know you're doing the Wim Hof coaching course, is it, or something yeah. like that? Instructor's yeah. course. Yeah, yeah. So I'm trained as a Wim Hof instructor. So I'll get up at five every morning and I'll do a reflection on my day, gratitude, uh, plan my day. I'll run six miles. I'll come home. I'll have a nice bath. Uh, I've got an ice bath and a a chiller. So it keeps the water at like just above uh, freezing. Chuck ice cubes in there every single day. And then I wake my wife up, my little boy up with coffee and breakfast. Uh, once again, that sort of thing. That's Love just it. my morning routine for myself, sort of thing. So, and you you did a hundred mile run uh, with Wolu. Um, yeah, Wolu. Yeah, yeah. 
which is we only live once which is a, a charity that we we do a lot for as well within uh, within um raising funds for as well and you, it's one that you're very heavily involved with as well with justin as well yeah that's right Rolo is a cancer charity that supports the whole family that supports uh, supported me and my wife all for our journey and uh now we we give back and we do as much as we can we're trying to uh, help other families to wake up and realise that, you know, there is a chance, there is hope sort of thing. So, so yeah, my support towards them and everything else sort of thing and chucking them in the ice. <laughs> love it. I love it, mate. It's good. And like, you're running miles and miles and miles. You went to Africa as well, right? Done, done 100 miles in Africa to raise yeah. money and yeah. opened it up to a lot of uh, different people. So it's a, it's a track as well as yeah. a run. Uh, depends what, what you want to do. So you yeah. get to... Uh, go out there in the African bush. I've got another 300 mile races coming up. I've got to run from Guildford to Eastbourne, uh, just to, just on a whim that I want to do for myself. And yeah, so I got, I got lots of, lots of stuff happening. So. Mate, is you, you, I think you're just going to, you're going to lighten up the room. I think when you're up on stage, which is like why I've asked you to come up because I think. It's, it's a great opportunity for you to share your story. And for me, I think it's a story that everybody needs to hear um, in respect to everything else that's going on in life. Right. If we're going to if we're going to reach limitless potential, which is what we always want to reach. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. we have to understand people's stories like yours, where we there's not always a tomorrow guaranteed. Right. Like, you know, right. and like mm-hmm. I spoke to Nigel, we, we were laughing with Nigel and Hayden about this is that. Hayden's the only speaker that hasn't had a near-death experience, like either through cancer or, yeah. or he hasn't died. And we was kind of like, you better bring it to the table, Hayden. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but he, yeah, that's right. Uh, but he, the thing is, the like, God, sorry. To, I was going to say, you have to look at everything in life, whether you break a fingernail or, or you get diagnosed with cancer, it's still going to piss you off at the end of the day. But yeah. it's how you react to yeah. that annoyance. Yeah. Yeah, is when it comes out. Yeah, 100%. And it's the, uh, one of the Royal Marine command, um, commandments was always like cheerfulness in adversity, right? So it's kind of like, how do I handle this? And and it's all different. It's all different. And it like, I think your story would be amazing on the day. So um, Marcus is going to be one of our key speakers on the 25th of November. Um, already, I think you can hear just in, the, in, a, in our introduction to Marcus that um, he's going to light up the room. Um, it's going to be an incredible story um, of resilience and, and perseverance and belief as well. A hundred percent. I think, you know, that has a huge part, I think, to play in terms of like recovery. Uh, having read quite a lot of like stories on this. Um, so if you want to join us, you can grab your tickets on the early bird list, which are on a link somewhere in and around on the podcast or the YouTube or the Instagram Get yourself on. The early bird tickets will only be available to those on the waiting list, okay, for seven days. And and hopefully you can join us in Aston Villa. Marcus, happy? Looking forward to it? Absolutely. I cannot wait. I really cannot wait to sort of like help and push people's mindsets beyond their actual beliefs. And this is what we need to do. 100%. 100%. I think there's got to be a book in, in you somewhere, hasn't there? Me and my wife are actually putting together something. Uh, so we're going to write it from both sides of our story, from my side of being a patient and from Hannah's side for being the onlooker and not being able to yeah. do anything. 
so many books out there that are all about the patients and never about the family and surround the people. So I love that. That's such a good approach. Yeah, yeah. yeah, such a good approach. So, and that will help people that are on the other side, because actually we do. Uh, they are not forgotten, but they're not really necessarily first thought of call. Right. In terms no, of, in terms no, of dealing with yeah. I mean, especially when your oncologist is telling you not to touch anything cold, don't take anything out of the freezer or, or get uh, uh, plastic knives and forks because the metal will be too cold for my uh, fingers and that. And I'm sitting in a bloody ice bath. My <laughs> wife is going, well, you know, who do I trust, him or the oncologist? Sort of thing. So it's oh, my that God. Sort of thing, so yeah, can you imagine that? Sort of your oncologist told you not to touch any of that shit. Oh, but they're sort of things that you wish you were recorded back those conversations, right? Because they would be gold today. They would be gold, yeah. mate. I, I'm I'm already inspired. Um, I can't wait for you to come up. Thank you for taking the time to come up. I'll catch you once we stop recording, guys. Thanks for listening. Let us know what you thought of this. Um, let us know if you're coming up. Uh, be good to see you on the way. Let's good to see you in Birmingham, Aston Villa Stadium.